The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and training camps are in full swing across the league. All 32 teams are in. All 32 teams are cracking pads. And so there's a lot to get to. But one of the things that we have to get to right off the bat happened away from the field. In fact, it happened on Twitter over the weekend. Des Bryant went after the Cowboys after he perceived the Cowboys to go after him. Stephen Jones, the son of Jerry Jones, went on a radio show in Texas and said that Des Bryant was one of the reasons that he believes Dak Prescott didn't quite live up to expectations in his second year. He, he also mentioned Jason Witten, and I don't know if it was necessarily meant as a dig. It came off as a dig to some, and Des Bryant went off saying the play calling was terrible. He threw Sean Lee under the bus, called him snakes, and he was one of the reasons he left Dallas. And Josh, now I turn to you. Des Bryant is still a free agent as we approach August. What do you make of that whole situation? I think one of the reasons he left Dallas wasn't Sean Lee. It was that they, they cut him. <laughs> like, it's not like it was he had a whole lot of choices. It wasn't like, hey, Des, what do you want to do? You want to stay? You want to whatever? Like, I, they didn't even offer him like a reduced contract, did they? They just straight cut him. No, they cut him. So I don't know. I don't know about the Sean Lee stuff. I do. I do see where he's coming from though with the problems in the locker room. Because that's been something that we've seen in Dallas before. And I see where Sean Lee's coming from, too. And I see where maybe Stephen Jones is coming from with the uh, the idea that Des Bryant going full Keyshawn Johnson, give me the damn ball. Like, I can see that being something that would have been an issue. But also, this is kind of a lesson in what do you think is going to get more play if you get this quote. Are you going to go with, and I think it was Robert Little actually pointed this out on Twitter, where, it was after the fact that we found out that Jason Witten was also involved in this quote. But it doesn't take much to trigger Dez. So, 
I, my question with with Dez is how how is he going to be in Cleveland? Because Dallas isn't necessarily the best locker room in the world, but it seems one that's sort of functional. How is he going to go with Hugh Jackson? How is it going to go with that Browns locker room, with Baker Mayfield, with Tyrod Taylor? That's going to be more interesting to me because this is an opportunity for Dez to show that it wasn't him. Like he can, It's one thing to say on Twitter, you know, Sean Lee's a snake, the play calling was awful, Dak Prescott's like a fourth, fifth-tier quarterback at best. It's another thing to go out and then actually prove in Cleveland of all places. If he has a, a successful season in Cleveland with Tyrod Taylor throwing to him in a Hugh Jackson offense, that to me is the end-all be-all to any sort of rebuttal that he could have to the Cowboys saying he was a problem, he was why they didn't win. If he helps the Browns win, I mean, they should build a statue. <laughs> yeah, they go 3-13, Des Bryant's a Hall of Famer. Look, Des Bryant has a meeting set up with Cleveland. We'll see what ends up happening with that. My feeling on it is I actually don't blame him for getting annoyed. You've heard all offseason, whether overtly or kind of behind closed doors, they've thrown him under the bus. And at some point, look, enough is enough. Dak, Dak Prescott's got to go out and throw the ball. Okay? Like, Des Bryant was the best outside receiver on that team last year. Now, that is not saying that Des was great. He wasn't. But he was better than Terrence Williams. You know what I think of with Terrence Williams last year? I think of Terrence Williams – really not taking the, the leap that he should have taken a year after he forgot to get out of bounds against the Giants a couple of years ago and called him the game week one. I just look at Dallas and think, what are you talking about this, Ryan, for? He's not on the team. Don't worry about it. You have a million other problems. As for Des Bryant, I believe that he'll be on a team for week one, whether it's the Browns or somewhere else. Antonio Brown said that he wants him on the Steelers. I don't think that's happening. That would be interesting. Yeah. Look, the, the bottom line is Des Bryant hasn't had 1,000 yards in the season since 2014. Okay, he's not the same player he used to be. He's got a million foot injuries that have slowed him down. But can he be a third option somewhere? I still think Houston should sign him. I, I'm sorry. Other than DeAndre Hopkins, who else is on that team? A team like the Colts. Why not them? Dave T.Y. Hilton and who? Most people couldn't even name the second receiver on that team. So there are some other options uh, and I think he'll end up somewhere. I don't blame him for getting upset. I don't think it impacts really that he'll sign. I don't think a team will be scared off by that. But um, I think it's more a statement about the Cowboys. They just need to move on and worry about their own roster. Because there's plenty that will keep him busy to worry about that. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last year, too, with the Cowboys, whether or not Jason Garrett's the guy to lead the charge. And it's like, what is he doing? What are they doing in Dallas? It's Jerry Jones' team, and he wants to run it however he's going to run it. And, I mean, it's not the first time that the rest of the league has been against Jerry Jones on something. I mean, we saw it this weekend with the whole the anthem debate thing with Dak Prescott comes out and says something because Jerry Jones may or may not have said something to him, and then the entire league is basically against him. So it, it seems like the only time the Cowboys are interesting it used to be when they're winning, when they're going to the Super Bowl, when they've got Troy and they've got Emmett Smith, the Great Wall of Dallas. Now it seems they're only interesting whenever you know Jerry Jones or one of his weird kids says something. You know, it's like... What happened to the Cowboys? Where's the greatness of America's team? Like, when are we going to get back to that? And it's more than just Des Bryant freaking out on the sidelines or 
you know, stifling the development of Dak Prescott. There are other problems on this team that they need to worry about. And Des Bryant isn't on that team anymore. So all of this to me just points to classic Cowboys excuses of diverting, you know, pointing the spotlight somewhere else. It's not, you know, that we don't have a defense. It's not that, you know, our offensive line is better than the offense is producing. You know, Dak Prescott should be putting up better stats than he is. It should be more than just Zeke Elliott running through the line. There should be more going on there. But instead, what are they doing? It's deflections. Look at the shiny ball. Let's look at Des Bryant, who's not even here anymore, and what he's saying. So the Cowboys, I agree with you. They need to figure some stuff out before they sit here and have this holier-than-thou attitude because they make the playoffs last year? No. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? Consensus says no. So maybe start there, not with a guy that's not on the team anymore. Well, and look, Prescott took the lead by storm. Everybody knows that. Everybody remembers two years ago when he came in as a mid-round pick out of Mississippi State, and he was thought to be mm-hmm. just a backup to Tony Romo, and of course, he got his opportunity, and everybody knows what's happened since. Dak Prescott last year went down five points in his completion rate, okay, from 67.8 to 62.9. He went down about 350 yards in in passing. He went down to 3,324, which is nothing. I mean, that's it's Tyrod Taylor's numbers, which is which is fine. Tyrod Taylor is decent, but nobody thinks Tyrod Taylor is an irreplaceable player. Let's be honest. Buffalo certainly didn't. Yeah, I mean Buffalo traded him. Buffalo said we're fine with AJ McCarron. And he threw for 22 touchdowns, which was one less than the year prior, and 13 picks, which was nine up from the year prior. That's not a good year. Mm-mm. If he does that the next couple of seasons, they're going to be looking for another franchise quarterback. Okay. And when you look at their roster right now, we all know about Ezekiel Elliott. We all know about the offensive line. Their receivers right now on that team, if they had to play today, are Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, Tavon Austin, although they've moved Austin to a, a running back for uh, all kinds of purposes, Deontay Thompson, Michael Gallup. Their receivers stink. Let's just be real. Who's the number one option there? Alan Hearns? Is Alan Hearns your number one receiver? Because Alan Hearns, the, the Jaguars said, ah, it's all right. We can let him walk. Last year, Alan Hearns, 39 catches, 484 yards. Alan Hearns is maybe on a really good team. He's the third guy. At best, he's, a, he's an average to mediocre second. So, yeah, if I'm Dallas, I'm worried because you got the Super Bowl champs in your division who are clearly better than you. I would argue, I don't care if they went 3-13 last year. I would argue that the Giants are better than you. Yeah. Okay, player for player, I think they are better. They're not coached anymore by a guy who hangs out at Satchel Alex on the weekends. And the Redskins, look, the Redskins have Alex Smith coming in. Alex Smith wins a lot of games. I don't think that's a great roster, but could I see the Redskins going 8-8? Eight and eight? Yeah, I can see the Redskins being a 500 team, and I don't know if I can see Dallas being that. They're going to have to run the ball like crazy against teams that are just going to stack the box against them all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough season for the Cowboys. So I don't think this is the last time we're going to hear players sniping at one another. I think the next time they're going to be in the same locker room. So should you imagine if Earl Thomas goes there? <laughs> Good that would be something. <laughs> um, look, and you know what? You, you'll look at the NFL right now, move on from, from this Bryant situation uh, and, the, and the Cowboys. And there are some other teams that really have had a very interesting week and I think one of them, you have to mention, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Okay, they lost Hunter Henry back in OTAs. Last day of OTAs, he was running. Obviously, OTAs are non-contact. 
He tore his ACL. He's out for the season. They get to training camp. The first day they're running a conditioning test, and Jason Verrett is a very good corner for them, often injured and star cross, but a very good player when healthy. Jason Verrett goes out and tears his Achilles, and he's out for the year, and that's the end of his contract in L.A. I would be shocked if he's back. So they lose him, and then their backup tight end tears his ACL on Sunday. So the Chargers have three guys, two high-impact players, go out for the year, and they're not even a week into the season. And it's just incredible to me how often that team has crippling injuries really before the season even gets going in most cases. It's unfortunate, and it's kind of everything that we talk about the Chargers. I mean, how many times did we talk about them last year heading into the playoffs? Like, if they do this, they're a team that could be this good. And it seems like they're perpetually stuck in this limbo of you should be so much better. I mean, that 14-2 and season where they lost to New England in the playoffs. Yeah, shot arm. Nothing epitomizes that team better. Like, if you were to say to somebody who has no, no idea about football, and you're trying to tell them, this is what the Chargers are. This is what they embody. You just tell them the story of that season and be like, that was 2004 or something like that? That was, no, that was... Was maybe? That was 06. 06. Yep. And be like, nothing's changed since. 2006, 2018, it's the same thing for the Chargers. Just, you know, same place, or same stuff, different place, you know, because now they're in L.A. It's it's frustrating if you're a Chargers fan because Verrett is very good. I think, I don't know, I don't know if I agree with you that this is his uh, last year in L.A. I think maybe they'd be able to bring him back on a cheaper deal because okay. he's only played in, what, like, 25% of the games? That he's yeah, he's not played. It's, it's not he's good. torn ACL, he's a shoulder injury, so everything. But when he's playing and when he's not injured, he's really good. And I think that he's another case of one of these guys where they're just they're just injured way too often. And you just never get to see that potential. And it's another one of those cases where it's a training camp injury. Guys who have not been conditioning themselves properly for the entire season or guys who are coming off of an injury like Verrett who are in a situation where they're like, okay, this is the year I need to prove myself. I'm going to come out you know, sprinting out of the gate. And that's how you end up injured again. So it's really unfortunate. And I feel bad for the Chargers because they are still a team, even without Verrett and Hunter Henry and all these guys that they're losing. You look at them and you say, man, they still might be able to do something in that AFC West because you don't know what the Chiefs are, you don't know what the Broncos are, and you don't know what the Raiders are. I got a pretty good idea what the Raiders are. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, Cleo Mack doesn't know because he hasn't spoken to anybody in that organization. Which we'll get to that That's, in, in a minute. Yeah. Um, look, and I agree with you. Like, Going into this season, I'm in the midst of writing our fanside NFL preview right now, which, by the way, and I'm not saying this because we work fansided, our fanside NFL preview this year is going to be awesome. And it's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen, both from a written standpoint and aesthetically. It's, it's amazing. That said, um, that's the only tease I have for right now. Um, the Jason Fred injury hurts. They do have depth. Trevor Williams is a decent corner. Des King... It, is a good second-year player in the slot, and Casey Hayward is one of the better corners in the NFL. But losing Fred hurt, and losing Henry really hurts because they just don't have another tight end. There's nobody who's replacing him. And the Chargers have already lost two of the ten best players on the roster. Mm-hmm. You just can't make it up. Their first day of padded practice is as we're recording this. It's on a Monday. I, they haven't even been in pad yet two of their ten best players are off for the season. And there are other guys on that team who have major injury histories. Keenan Allen's one of them. Denzel Perriman's another one. They have to stay somewhat healthy. Going into writing that preview, 
I was going to pick the Chargers as a slight favorite in the AFC West because I don't know, as Josh, you just said, uh, I, I do think I know what the Raiders are. Denver, I think, is better. I don't know how much better. I know Keenum's better than, than anything they had their last season. I think Bradley Chubb's a great pick. I do think the losing to Lee hurts. I don't think Vance Joseph's a very good coach, although, of course, the jury's still out on that. So I have my question marks. When I watch the Broncos on film, I see a team that, frankly, is not as strong as it used to be defensively. It's still good, but it's not great. They can be had at, at times in that secondary. Okay, T.J. Ward used to be in his prime and used to be there. He's not there anymore. Keith Tlaib's not there anymore. So I have questions about Denver. All right, Kansas City, I have a million questions about the defense. It, it's impossible to even look at film and say, well, this is what I think is going to happen because half the defense is new. So you're, you're putting a lot of new pieces into a system that they haven't been in before. I think the offense is great. And frankly, because of those two injuries, I now give the slight and the very slight edge to Kansas City because they're healthy. Now, if the Chiefs go out and they lose two big guys this, this training camp, I'd probably swing back the other way. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. But in, to me, in all the, the divisions, and all eight of them, this is the hardest division to pick. I think the Chiefs and the Chargers are 1-1A one one in whatever order you want to put them. Before the two injuries, I had the Chargers as my 1A, or as, as my 1. Now I flip them. Because to me, losing Henry and losing Verrett, when those two teams are as close as they are, at least I think it's as close as they are, that might be the difference. But I think that that is going to be one of the best battles all year long. I think both teams are going to make the playoffs, by the way. But I just think one of them obviously has to win the division. I'm going to rattle off some training camp injuries for you. And you tell me where it ranks with this Jason Verrett thing. Going all the way back to Jason Seorn in 1998. Wow. Okay, <laughs> in a preseason game. Uh, I mean, there was Trent Green in that preseason game right before the greatest show on turf, yeah. which is unfortunate for only him. That was against the Chargers. Yeah. Rodney Harrison hit him in the name. The old curse of the Chargers. Jamal Lewis coming off of his rookie season in 2001, tears his ACL. Uh, and of course, Michael Vick gets injured in that you know the famous yep. Madden curse that we've got going on. And then more recently, today is actually the anniversary of Jeremy Macklin getting hurt in uh, Eagles camp. That was his first day. That was the first day. That was August thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Sam Bradford with the Rams, Kelvin Benjamin with the with the Panthers. So like the theme here: Jordan Nelson, Teddy Bridgewater, Tony Romo. The, the theme is that nobody's safe. It isn't just like these unknown guys or even guys that not everybody might think of Jason Perrett as being a top guy in the league right. it is across the board like you're talking about Jordy Nelson tearing his ACL you're talking about Tony Romo getting hurt and screwing up the entire season so this is something it's not going to end with Jason Perrett there's going to be another big name we said it a couple oh, weeks multiple. ago on the show there's going to be another big name that alters the season this doesn't necessarily to me alter the season there is still that big injury every single year it happens yeah I don't think it alters the season I do think the the combination of the Chargers losing Henry and Verrett yeah. does change the way I look at them a little bit. You could say, well, they have depth at corner, and they do, but you're still losing a really good player. And Henry, they don't have depth there. 
They they don't they're not gonna replace him. Now I agree with you. Look, I don't think it's gonna be a situation where that's the biggest injury in camp. You wish it was. I mean, obviously not for Brett's sake, but just for everybody else. But it won't be last year. Julian Edelman towards ACL third preseason game. Yeah. It's just gonna happen. Like these guys are such finely tuned athletes that any little thing can tear a tendon. It can it can you know any little twist the wrong way and a guy's knee pops. It's unfortunate, but it's reality. Uh, and obviously, every year, the NFL is bigger and it's faster and it's stronger. You go watch a game from 1975, there's a reason guys didn't get hurt as much mm-hmm. in terms of their tendons and ligaments. They weren't in as good a shape. Those guys were selling insurance for nine months and they came and played football. And yeah, they weren't in as good a shape, but neither was anybody else around them. It just was different. Now, fortunately, also guys back then played through a lot more pain. Yeah. Fact that in as well. Guys probably had torn ACLs didn't even know it half the time because they, they couldn't they couldn't you know do a scope. Mm-hmm. That said, look, I, I think unfortunately we're going to see more injuries. And let's face it, the NFL a lot of this is it, it's a war of attrition in football, and that's why depth a lot of times wins out. The Eagles last year they had injuries. Jason Peters went out for the year. Carson Wentz went out for the year. They still won the Super Bowl because they had Nick Foles, because they were able to to rally with good depth behind their starters. And that's the biggest thing. Don't look, if the Steelers lose Antonio Brown, I, I don't care how good Juju Schmidt-Schuster is, they're not making up for that. Mm-hmm. The NFL, more than any other sport, is about being able to withstand injuries and having injury luck. And so far, early on, the Panthers have had injuries, the Chargers have had injuries. That's not good. We're not even in August. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a minefield. So fans better buckle up because it's going to be, you know, people like to crap on the preseason and say it doesn't matter, this, this, and that. This is probably one of the most tensious parts of the year because you don't know if your season is going to end before it even starts. So you got to pay attention. You know, it's I, I never understand why teams, especially veteran teams, play any of their starters for more than a quarter in any of the, in any one of the preseason games. There's no need for it. I, I don't know that you could even argue chemistry. A team like New England, does, does Brady need to go play with Gronk in week two of the preseason to get chemistry? Does it really matter? Probably not, right? Like, to me, I think all these teams... I understand the really young team maybe going a little bit further because you're trying to put together the best roster yeah. you can. There's a lot of question marks. If you're a team that's been together a long time, the Steelers are another example of that, the Packers, what do you need to be playing three quarters in week three of the preseason for? It's a waste of time. That all said, look, football is a dangerous game. It always will be. And guys are going to get hurt. So far, I went to say San Diego. Los Angeles. I think I'll say it for the end, until the end of the time. Los Angeles and Carolina are the two teams that have been hurt. Carolina, we didn't mention Daryl Williams, our right tackle went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still unclear how serious that injury is, but it didn't look great. And Ross Cockrell left in an air cast on Monday morning. Uh, there was reports that you could hear a bone break. Of course, we don't know that for sure yet. But if he went down, he's an important piece at secondary. And you know, these teams, again, we're not even into week one of the preseason. And guys are hurt. And it's unfortunate, but it's reality of the summer in the NFL. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be tough. You just gotta keep keep your head up, and uh, if you're a fan, not a player, but if you're a fan, you gotta keep your head up and pay attention to these things because your season's gonna end before it even starts. Like if you just rattle off that list of players, nobody is safe. Just 
Don't get too invested yet. It's just it's not even August yet, I guess. So it's it's just the preseason. So sticking with training camp, how much do reports from training camp affect your thoughts on the upcoming season in terms of uh, so and so went sixteen to twenty with with three touchdowns today. So and so threw four picks. Uh, you know, such and such offense was really sharp today. Does that affect your mindset at all, or do you not really care about any of that kind of stuff coming out of camp? It depends. It's all situational. So, like, everybody, nobody's going to report bad stuff coming out of camp unless they absolutely have to. Like, it seems everybody's having a good camp. Everybody's practicing well. You know, I've watched numerous Buccaneers practices over the years. And every single time, it's, oh, yeah, this guy's great. Oh, Bruce Gretkowski's going to be super good this year. Oh, Chris Sims is going to finally break out of his shell. Oh, Jeff Garcia is going to tap back into the old San Francisco 49er days. And it's just like it's the same thing over and over again. What you're going to look for in training camp is kind of what you were talking about, about not really trying to look at it preseason games, the chemistry. How is the new quarterback looking with the old veteran wide receiver? How is the new offensive lineman that you signed in the offseason meshing with the other guys? Uh, you know, Gerald McCoy is, a, not to keep using the Buccaneers as, as an example, I always look at what Gerald McCoy is doing specifically because he is the leader on that team and he is over there teaching guys. He's over there getting yelled at by the new defensive line coach. I'm like, okay, that is what I care about. I don't care about stats on a, on a training camp, what the third string quarterback threw for that day. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is how are the guys who are going to be key to the season taking the criticisms from the coach? Gelling with their other players. That's what you're looking for because if you're starting to see cracks in the facade right away in the training camp days, then you're going to be in for a long season. So if guys are meshing, if you're seeing the chemistry, if things are going well, that's what I'm looking for. If you see guys you know, with their heads down and you're not listening to the coaches and stuff like that, or you get the, the famous story, famous between us, story that you told me about on the Rams training camp with Jeff Fisher. Guys just screwing around, goofing off. If you see that, there's some red flags when you start going up. More so than, oh, you know, because there's that clip about Josh Allen who's just not making passes yeah. in Bills camp. I'm less concerned about that and more concerned about guys who are, you know, pretending to catch punts with one hand and doing trick shots. Stuff that's not going to matter when you're in the trenches in November. Yeah, look, I, uh, I'll reiterate that sort of people who haven't heard it. A couple of years ago, I went out to Chiefs camp and... Uh, a good friend of mine, a Rams fan, we, we went out there. We just went as fans, not covering anything. Um, and just went out for a few days to relax and saw the Chiefs. And it was evident that when the Chiefs were practicing, they were, they were practicing with a purpose. There was tempo. Every drill had a reason for being there. We then went to, uh, at the time, Earth City, Missouri, which that was exciting. <laughs> Although we did go to a casino on one pretty big one night, but that's a whole other story. Um we went to uh, Rams camp, and I remember watching offensive linemen lining up in, in behind at the time, Tavon Austin, and trying to catch punts behind their back in the middle of practice. And my buddy just turned to me, and I'll clean up the language he used. He's like, they're going to really suck, aren't they? I was like, yeah, they're awful. And they proceeded to go like 5 and 11 or 6 and 10 or something. And so I do think that matters. How guys practice, whatnot. I don't think the stats mean anything. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers throws three picks in a practice. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes is twenty to twenty-one. Like that's all great. That's fine. But you know, these these guys are trying things in practice. They're not going to try in games for better or for worse. Whether it's a, a ball fit in a triple coverage or it's a pick, uh, it doesn't matter. Now you mentioned Josh Allen. 
Uh, I actually led my stack in the box column with, with him on Monday morning at Fanside to check it out. Um, and I basically wrote, or I did write, that Allen may or may not turn into a good NFL quarterback, but I can pretty much guarantee you if the Bills start him this year, he is not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. If anyone didn't see the video, he just rolled out to his right against air and was throwing a little <laughs> dump-off pass to a running back three, four yards in front of him and just sailed it over his head to a right out of bounds. Josh Allen was inaccurate at Wyoming. He completed 56% of his throws. They need to fix that. They need to break him down and rebuild him from the ground up. And the only reason they took Josh Allen is because he's six foot five, 237 pounds, and he's got a cannon for an arm. If he was six foot two and 210 pounds, they wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. Nobody would have. But they took him because of his size and his arm strength, and fine. I, I don't agree with that. I think that's a dumb way to evaluate players, but fine. Okay, they're not the first team to do it, and they won't be the last. They need to give him time. They need to give him a year. I don't care if A.J. McCarron gets killed behind that offensive line. They win two games. It doesn't matter. In some ways, that's almost better for them. Then you can just go out, and you can have a top three pick, and take a player that can really give your new franchise quarterback some support. So I don't put a lot of stock in the statistics. I put a lot of stock into the way guys look. Mm-hmm. And that's... I think a pretty tried and true method because it's just like preseason statistics. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I think people get way too wrapped up in it. Yeah, it's it's all about finding the chemistry, settling in. That's what training camps for. That's what the preseason is for. I'm, I mean, I'm a little concerned about Josh Allen just because <laughs> that was an atrocious. The best part of that, too, the most underrated part of that clip is everybody who's watching it, just the audible in unit. Oh! Because <laughs> they know. That's going to be another four or five years of that. So... <laughs> It's going to be rough for him if he can't figure that out. But this is what it's for, okay? You know, how many guys, you go back to the history of the NFL, how many guys who become prominent you know, players in the league started out not so hot? You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, he wasn't missing air or anything like that. But you go back to what I think it was like a Monday night or Sunday night game against Dallas or something like that. Some of those first games he started, they were not good. And now he is hands down the best quarterback in football. So you can't really judge a guy based on the first throw or the first throws that he makes in training camp, especially a guy like Josh Allen who's not in the right position. Their situation, I should say. Maybe not in the right position. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you know, and he's not in the right system. It's, it, it's tough. It's, it's going to be tough. We have to see how these things play out in the regular season. But I agree with you. I think right now it's all about how do guys look. How are they feeling the pressure? How are they feeling the playbook? How are they getting along with their teammates? That's what it's for. It's back to school right now. Then if this stuff carries over the season, then we can start worrying about it. By the way, okay, just to hammer this point home with preseason games (laughs) starting on Thursday, um, here's something to keep in mind, all right? Last year in the preseason, if anybody can name – who led the league in passing yards in the preseason? I will I will wire you $10,000. There is no chance. Absolutely no chance. And the same, by the way, goes for rushing yards and receiving yards. Okay? Because the passing yards leader with 613 was Matt Sims. Oh. Yeah, that's right, for the Falcons. And I'm guessing most people are like, Matt Sims? Don't believe, really? Matt McGloin, by the way, was number two on that list. A Chiefs uh, current grade. Rushing yards. Here's the, here's the top four. Corey Grant mm. plays for Jacksonville. Cameron Artis Payne, Terrell Watson, David Fluellen. Not exactly a who's who. And receiving yards last year, D.D. Westbrook, 
Jakeem Grant, Kassan Williams, Alex Erickson, and Jojo Natson. Oh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a clue, everybody. All those guys, with the potential exception of D.D. Westbrook, terrible. All of them. Every single one of them. It doesn't matter. Okay, teams are... Teams are just trying to find out what they have. And in most cases, statistics are not the way they look at it. So we are heading toward preseason football, which is great. Everybody loves to see their team come out. But I I would caution against getting really excited when in reality, the statistics, your record in preseason, nobody should care. It doesn't matter. But Thursday night... August 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern, Bears Ravens. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Settle in for the Hall of Fame game, baby. Usually it used to be on Sundays. Now it's on Thursdays. Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Look out. Bears Ravens. You just play that thing like the spring training games, like 10 a.m. in the middle of Florida. It's just nobody wants to see that. Come on. Well, uh, I... You know what, too? Those teams now have to play five preseason games because of that thing. If I was either coaching staff, I would say, look, we apologize to the people of Canton, Ohio. We are not playing anybody. We are playing guys we know we're cutting. You can't let somebody even remotely important get hurt in that game. I'm sorry. You know what they should do with this? Because when I was a kid and I was naive, I thought that the uh, players came back and played the the Hall of Fame games. Why not make it an old-timers game? That would actually be pretty, pretty cool. cool. You know, they do that in hockey a lot. You know, they get these uh, stadium classics. It's the Legends games. Yeah, yeah, so like, you know, the Wild and the Blackhawks played last year. <clears throat> and they brought back all the old North Stars guys and all the old Blackhawks guys. These guys haven't played since the 80s, the 70s, 80s, cool. 90s. Bring back some of these Hall of Famers. Like, let's let's bring them out. Roger Staubach, you can imagine him coming out there, playing a game. It's just like the Pro Bowl. It doesn't matter. It could be flat football if you want it to be. No. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. I want, like, Steelers, Cowboys from the 70s, and I want full contact. <laughs> it's blood. Yeah, no, I don't know that flag nonsense. I want somebody to get, somebody to get rocked. Somebody got to cut the commercial for. Oh, man. I mean, no, make it an old-timers game. Because nobody cares about the Hall of Fame game anyways. And adding an extra preseason game makes no sense, especially when they're trying to shorten the number of preseason games they play to begin with. Adding another one on doesn't make sense. Adding a Hall of Fame game makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Make it, make it an old-timers game. But it's the NFL, so it's never going to happen. Good ideas usually never happen. That was a couple of years ago when the field was so screwed up they didn't even play the game. Like <laughs> yeah. that's a, yeah. Every year it's a big, sorry everybody, here's a poster. Um, I don't know. You know what? I love football. Obviously, we're here talking about it every week. Even in June and July, we love football. But yeah, preseason is... Yikes. Pre-season. By the way, and I'll, 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 I'll drop it off on this. Okay. Last year... I endeavored to watch every preseason game, and I did, and I'm not proud about it, okay? <laughs> and my takeaway, because I watched all those rookie quarterbacks really intently, my takeaway was the following. Patrick Mahomes looks like a stud. We'll see. We haven't seen him yet. We saw one game. He was very good, but that's not, you know, jury's still out on that. 
I thought Mr. Trubisky didn't look like he was ready, mostly because I thought the team around him wasn't ready. I think that was fair. Thought Deshaun Kaiser looked pretty good. <laughs> Whoops. Never mind. Well, Deshaun Kaiser might have looked good. You weren't looking at Hugh Jackson's inability to coach. Yeah, to be so. fair, I didn't know Hugh Jackson was going to play yo-yo with, with Deshaun Kaiser for 17 weeks. That being said, he wasn't going to <laughs> But the biggest takeaway, and this we talked about this on the podcast, Matt Williamson came on, and he's a former NFL scout, everything else, and he said, look, of all the rookie quarterbacks, there's one guy to me that stands out as, as having the most work to do. And I agreed with him, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson looked terrible in the preseason last year. Go back and watch it. There was one game, I think, against the Saints. It was like 3 for 10 for 20 yards and a pick. He was brutal. Brutal. Guy was runaway. If he didn't get hurt, it would have been the runaway rookie of the year. Everybody thinks he's the next superstar in the NFL. It doesn't matter. Okay? And there are times, too, where other you look at guys and say, wow, he looks great. And then you get into a game situation. Like, oh, no, never mind. He's, he's not good. It's just there's no blitzing. Schemes are very vanilla. You're not game planning for the other team. Throw it all out the window. That said, had to throw this in there again. Thursday. Football's back in terms of the game, if you want to call that a game. Yeah, it's, I'm not calling it a game. <laughs> it's not a game. So, look, let's wrap it up right here. Uh, give me one team or one player that, despite this conversation, that you're excited about watching, even if it maybe isn't because you think it's going to prove something or whatever, but just that you're excited to see them get out on the field. Team or player, and before you answer... A quick word on Fanatics, who is our sponsor. Uh, Fanatics does a great job with anything that a fan could ever want. Merchandise, like you can't believe, whether it's hat, t-shirts, jerseys, you, you name it. They have it. And if you go to fansided.fanatics.com and you type in your order and you type in the code FANSIDED, uh, they will give you 20% off on your shipping. So go to Fanatics for any gear that you may need. Believe me. It's worth it. They, they will take care of you. So, that said, player or team, who are you looking forward to seeing in the preseason? I mean, everybody's going to see the Browns on hard knocks, so I'm kind of looking forward to see how that goes, especially if they get Pac-Man Jones and Des Bryant. Like, that would be that's, unbelievable. That's made for television right there. That's my, that's my CTV. I'm interested in seeing the Raiders and what happens with that. Uh, every, a lot has been made about Gruden and whether or not he's going to screw this whole situation up. So far, it looks like he has, but we haven't seen, you know, not to be counterintuitive to what we've just been saying, we haven't seen what the product looks like. So the, the writing seems to be on the wall there that it's not going to end well, especially when Khalil Mack, your best player, isn't talking to the organization. That seems like a problem, but I'm interested in seeing if he's really going to bring back the 1998 drills. <laughs> like, did you imagine if he goes back and gets like the equipment that was from 1998? Like, he knows where all the bodies are buried in Oakland. He knows. He's going to go back and get it. Uh, the Raiders are a team I'm looking forward to seeing. And similarly, the 49ers and the Redskins, just because they seem to be in two different planes with their quarterback situation. The Redskins, it seems like there's not a whole lot to be excited about there. Like Nobody thinks they're going to win the division. Nobody thinks that they're going to make the playoffs. Yet they made a blockbuster trade to acquire a franchise quarterback. Nobody is kind of fitting with the theme. Nobody's been that excited about his entire career. He was a number one overall pick. Never got a good shake in San Francisco, even though he was a part of that classic, the catch three with Vernon Davis and everything. Kansas City, even. He was great for the first half of last season. Fell off a cliff. 
Now he's in Washington. I don't know how that's going to end. And then on the flip side of that is San Francisco and Jimmy G getting a taste of the spotlight. It's like, you know, he's got a little taste of the cocaine, and now he just wants the whole line. Like, he was, it was nice. They didn't win a game, or they didn't lose a game. He's still Rick James in the NFL, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't lose a game with him last year. It was a big deal when he got traded from New England. Everybody's still trolling New England because they gave up a guy who was going to be the future. Now he's in San Francisco. Now he's saying he's better than Brady. Now it's this whole thing. So we've gotten the version of Jimmy G that's the quiet, humble guy who's coming in. Oh, man, he's doing such good work. Look at him. He's studying film late. And now we've got the Jimmy G that's like, you know, Saturday Night Fever. He's out on the streets and everything. So we have 1977 Studio 54, Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in, I'm interested in seeing where that goes because that narrative goes in one or two directions. It either goes, this is all a whole lot of nothing. We were in the doldrums of summer. We've got nothing else better to talk about than Jimmy G dating somebody and having this conversation about whether or not he's better than Tom Brady, or it starts all going off the rails and Kyle Shanahan loses control a little bit. They go maybe six and ten next year. A lot of hype with that team. So I'm interested in seeing what happens with, with those teams that are kind of teetering on the brink between either they've got it figured out or it's going to be a complete disaster. It's, it's a world of extremes for Washington, Oakland, San Francisco. There's no real middle ground. Cleveland, no yeah. middle ground for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. Um, I'm going to stay in the FC West. I'm very fascinated to see Josh Rosen. Yeah. I think he's got a world of talent. I don't know how his teammates are going to respond to him. He's kind of a different dude. Um, you know, people got on him. Oh, he had a hot tub in his dorm room at UCLA. He reads too much. I'm sorry. He's literate. <laughs> I went to college. I would have killed to have a dorm room jacuzzi. Are you kidding me? Like this idea that, you know, he's a bad person because of that is nuts. Now, look, he does say some things that are controversial. I don't have a problem with anything he said. He hasn't said anything you know, racist or homophobic or anything like that. But he just said some things. NCAA, to be paying guys, so on and so forth. I'm very, very curious to see how that plays out because Sam Bradford's in front of him. We all know that Sam Bradford's not playing 16 games. So I'm curious to see what Josh Rosen, what does he look like? I don't care about the stats. It doesn't matter to me. I want to see how he looks when he, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Can he change a play? Can he, can he zip the ball in there? How's his arm strength look? I, I'm very, very intrigued by him. More than any of the other rookie quarterbacks. Lamar well, Jackson would be on the list, but the problem is I don't think there's any way he starts on Flacco gets hurt. Nah. Darnold, I like Darnold a lot. I just I can't say I'm excited to watch him in the preseason. I just I'm not excited about anything with the Jets. Like everybody's overlooking the Cardinals in the NFC because there's so many other good teams. What if like what if they had good quarterback play? They have David Johnson, they have Larry Fitzgerald. That defense is not what it once was. They have Chandler Jones. Like you, they, you could do worse. You could do, like I'm not saying the Cardinals are a Super Bowl team. But like, would I be shocked if the Cardinals won nine, ten games? No, I wouldn't. Last year, everything went wrong for the Cardinals. Everything, and they won eight games. You know, you know what team? And I'll leave it at this. You know what team I think is going to be an absolute dumpster fire? And I apologize to any other fans listening to this, but I, it's just got to be said: the Seahawks. Yeah, that team is going to stink. And if I'm wrong, I'm happy to eat my words because I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. And I, I always enjoyed watching the Legion of Boom. That team has 4-12 and 12 written all over it. They have no weapons. They can't block. The defense is a complete shell of what it used to be. Carroll's the oldest coach in the league. If they start out 1-6, does he even care at that point? I, there's a lot of reasons for me, if I'm a Seahawks fan, to be deeply concerned. A, because of all the things I just mentioned. B, that division's a hell of a lot better. 
Uh, I'm not dying on this hill, so I want to preface that. But I think my team that's taking a step back this year is Green Bay. I, I, okay. I'm looking at that. I can see that. Because it all hinges on those two young quarterbacks. What happens with them? Because if they don't do anything, or if they struggle, that is a big problem for them. Because they're in the division, we've said it before, with Kirk Cousins. We say what you will about him. That's still a really good offense in Minnesota. Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears, they're not going to the playoffs, but they're not an easy out anymore. And you don't ever want to give Matthew Stafford breathing room in the fourth quarter of a game that's close because he's the comeback king. So the Packers, to me, it's, everybody always gets hot and bothered about Aaron Darren Rodgers, and he's the best quarterback in the league. He doesn't need to be able to throw anybody. He can, make, he can win them games, which is true. You're guaranteed seven, eight wins a year with Aaron Rodgers because he's just going to will the wins out of himself. The rest of it, though, is a team game. There's a defense that needs to get on the field. They need to protect the leads. Can that defense do that? So I think that people are going to be really high on the Packers this year because Rodgers is coming back. And, I'm, and you know, they get Jimmy Graham and everything like that. So there's, there's reason to be hyped about them. But it might be a little bit of fool's go because I just that defense is going to get eaten alive. Like, if you're in a close game, it's 24-21. It's three minutes left in the game. You've got to stop Matthew Stafford. You think that defense is stopping him? Oh. No. Even Kirk Cousins. Even Mitchell Trubisky. Like, there's a there's a shadow of a doubt that that defense isn't going to be able to get the job done. Yeah. And that might be enough to maybe some of those other veteran guys are like, oh, I got to I gotta overperform on this play. I got to go above and beyond on this play. And then all of a sudden you leave a guy wide open, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field, game's over. So I think it's an interesting take. Um, we'll get more into the Packers throughout the, the year. But I, I'll, I'll say this and then we'll sign off. I agree with you with the Packers on, in the sense that I'm not sold on McCarthy. I never have been. No. I don't think he's that good of a coach. I think if, I think if he had an average roster with an average quarterback, he'd win six games a year. Rodgers is incredible. But let's – and this is not meant as a knock toward Rodgers, but it's just – it's a fact. He's been to one Super Bowl. Yeah. We're not talking about a guy who's been to five – you know, he's not Brady. Where he's a Super Bowl. Player. You know, I get the NFC's a, a better conference, whatever, but – They've not had a ton of playoffs. It's just how many NFC title games have they been to? Two? It's not that I, much. I mean, it's not been like let's just call it what it is. They typically underperform expectations. They do. And when I look at the Packers, you want keys for that team? Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. If those two kids are good at corner, their first and second round picks, I think the Packers are really good. Yeah. If they're not, they're gonna lose a lot of games. Because, frankly, where's the pass rush coming from with them? I don't know. Nick Perry? Muhammad Wilkerson? They're all right. But I don't think anybody's going to the game saying, my God, we can't stop one of those guys. So, we'll leave it at that. But, hey, by the next time we come on, uh, we'll have the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame inductions behind us. Yeah. And we'll be ready for week one of the preseason. And, unfortunately, I'm sure we'll have more injuries to talk about because that's just the way it is in the NFL. But we look forward to it. Football is back August, uh, and actually, you won't be here next week. You'll, you will be in the throes of Minnesota. That's right. Uh, you'll be somewhere in a cabin Backwards. where nobody can get, get hold of you. <laughs> and uh, but next week, by the way, the podcast will be on Tuesday because I will be in Wisconsin on Monday. There you go. Um, up in Door County with my lovely wife, getting away for a long weekend. But next Tuesday, we will be back with Stack in the Box. Thank you so much for listening. Please watch. Uh, every Tuesday, we will be doing, from now on, this podcast will be different than the uh, the half-hour video show that we do on Facebook Live every week. We're going to be joined on video by Michelle Bruton, who filled in for me so capably uh, throughout July. 
and Mark Carmen. And that will be a half-hour show every single Tuesday. It'll be airing at 12.30 Eastern Time on Fansided's Facebook page, Facebook Live. Please check that out. And then this podcast normally will be going up every Monday, be about an hour from here on out. And Josh and I will do what we did last week. We'll bring on some guests. Uh, we're looking to have a weekly national guest every week. And we'll be... Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me. I'm a huge football fan. But it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Uh, dissecting all the games. We'll touch on every team uh, as we get into the season. So, please subscribe on iTunes. Uh, give us a like. Uh, give us a you know, rating. Give us a comment. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Check out Fansite. It's great work. All the rest of it. So, for Josh Hill... I am Matt Verderam. Thanks for joining us once again. And we'll be back. I will be back next Tuesday. Josh will be back a few weeks or a week after that. Football season is back. August is around the corner. We'll talk to you next week. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.